You are listening to the LTN Book Club, a bi-weekly read-along podcast positioned at the intersection of nerd and literary culture. Our show is hosted by Madeline Turnipseed and is a proud member of the LTN Podcast Network. For more information on the show, the hosts, the books they're reading, and to subscribe, please visit lovethynerd.com slash book club. Hello and welcome to this episode of the LTN Book Club podcast. Uh, tonight we are talking about When the Tiger Came Down the Mountain by Nevo. Uh, content warnings for this book, uh, some of this will be discussed in our discussion this evening. Uh, violence, death, coercion, and references to sex. The back of the book blurb. Uh, the cleric Chi finds themselves and their companions at the mercy of a band of fierce tigers who ache with hunger. To stay alive until the mammoths can save them, Chi must unwind the intricate, layered story of a tiger and her scholar lover, a woman of courage, intelligence, and beauty, and discover how truth can survive becoming history. This was published in December of 2020. And Nevo is a Hugo, Locus, and Ignite Award finalist and the winner of the Crawford Award. Um, all of those were for the first book in the series, uh, Empress of Salt and Fortune. Uh, each of these books in the series is uh, built as a standalone, so you can jump in at any point. So if you haven't read the first book, um, starting with this one is absolutely acceptable. I am Madeline. I am going to be your host for this evening. I have uh, wonderful people joining me this evening. Who are you? I'm Katie Tedridor. And I am Matt Williams. Thank you all for being here. Uh, from our mailbag on Facebook, uh, Kirsten Desjardins says, yay, this is a gorgeous series. Um, I think so as well. Um, mm. And so I'm, I'm pleased uh, that we get to discuss it. Uh, Matt, this was your recommendation. Um, why did you want us to read this book? Honestly, it was free on tour. Perfect. And <laughs> the cover looked really dope. Mm-hmm. Um, and the tiger is my favorite animal. Nice. Um, and I think it was free because it was um, because it was Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it was free. Um, and as you say, the cover looked really dope in tiger. So it was like, let's let's check this. And, and also, I wanted my friends. Uh, I wish Sean was here tonight, but I wanted my friends in book club to read it for the first time with me because a lot of these books that we've read, most of y'all have read before. Um, so I was like, hey, this is this is probably going to be new for everybody. So I yep. was hoping for so, that new for everybody experience. Yep. All leg- very legit reasons. Yep. Um this was definitely my first time reading this. I hadn't read mm-hmm. this one or uh, the other one. So thank you for suggesting, Matt. It was a very uh, good choice. Yep. I liked it a lot. Okay. Uh, with that, friends, we're going to enter the spoiler zone. Um, so if you decide to stay with us, we are going to spoil the crap out of this book as we talk about its mm-hmm. intricacies and our thoughts about it. Um, if you want to stay, that's fine. But you have been warned. So this story is a frame story. Um, Chi and 
I shouldn't have closed the other link. Um, Suyi, I think is her name. Is the other I can spell uh, it. See you. Yeah, see, uh, you. see you. Thank you. See you. Uh, the scout um, are cornered by some tigers uh, on their way to an outpost. And uh, she tells the story almost like Scheherazade uh, trying to, to stave off death. Uh, mm-hmm. She says, well, let's, let me tell the story. Um, and then you can decide if you want to eat us or not. Really hoping that they, <laughs> they won't eat them. Um, but this ends up being a frame story. Um, about um, kind of the mythical tiger Hotitao and scholar Du, um, as told by Chi. Uh, and throughout, we get two different versions of the story. Chi tells the story as humans know it and remember it, and then periodically throughout, the tigers will interrupt and say, how could you think that's how the story goes? It clearly goes like this, <laughs> and correct with the tiger version. Yep. Um, and what's, or sorry. No, go ahead. (laughs) Uh, I I was just going to say what's interesting too, is that, uh, the, with some of it, it's, it's actually adding more, especially during the, for the beginning, it's, it's definitely like, uh, they're parallel stories, but the tigers will add more information. So they'll add kind of more context into the bit, like behavior of Hoti Tao. And um, for example, like they also add more details about the cave. Um, when scholar do visits Hoti Tao's cave. And at first she's like talking about all the different relics that are in the cave. And um, when she gets to this tiger skin, the, uh, she says that it's the tiger skin of Hoti Tao's mother and the tigers are like, whoa, now <laughs> no. <laughs> and then, so they add their own, like some of their own relics and then explain that it was actually the skin of a tiger that Hoti Tao's grandfather killed and she inherited. Um, so it's just interesting that it was like very much a, like, it's not that they were contradicting a lot of the, like the main facts in the beginning, it was more just a, Oh, you're getting this wrong because you don't have this context into how like the tiger would have been perceiving things. Like this is what it means that she, like when she says this or when she invites um, scholar do to eat with her or like leave, it was being very polite and kind of flirting with her (laughs) rather than just being like a, dismissive thing so it was very interesting it kind of it definitely gives um it really emphasizes the fact that just because a story is because uh chi is supposed to be a cleric which is they're the ones who gather the information and stories from all these different people and record them and so you know if there was going to be an official version it would be chi's version and it really drives home how, like, even for um, official versions, there are perspectives that you might not get if you don't... Like, there's nuance and facts that you may miss if you don't talk to and interview and really listen to um, other perspectives and perspectives of people or you know, in this case, tigers, that uh, you would 
that wouldn't really be the first people to go to, um, but are still there. So therefore are still very, very relevant to the story. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. Absolutely. Um, being that I knew nothing of the author um, and I, I try to avoid all possible spoilers um, <laughs> at this time in life. So I, you know, I don't read jackets or anything like that anymore. Um, I had no idea what to expect going into, uh, into this book. So kind of like what, what, piggybacking on what you just said, Katie, I was reading it and I'm like, okay, you know, I, I, I'm trying to frame it. And as I'm reading, and I, I should have learned this from the author's name, but as I'm reading, I'm looking at the names. I'm like, these are more Vietnamese names than like, you know, uh, most uh, popular or, you know, the, the quote unquote popular Asian cultures in, you know, Japanese, Chinese, and Korean. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and I look at them like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, this writer is most likely Vietnamese is from the name. That makes sense. Um, and so some of those cultural differences, um, was starting to make sense to me, um, then, cause I wasn't reading what I, what I would expect out of what appeared to be, you know, an Asian period piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, as the story is going along, you know, they, you know, they're, obviously they're, they're trapped by, by the tigers and, um, this uh the early like kind of explanation of like shape shifting with the tigers was pretty cool um something something else i didn't expect mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it kind of went into um you know the battle of wits you know um of hey i'm going to try to delay and save my life by you know telling this story that they know what i know and it it kind of, I liked how it developed from more than that because at first it was purely telling the story to try to delay and save their lives. Hopefully the Tigers would get bored, um, you know, with them and just kind of go off somewhere or maybe some other victims would come and they would get eaten and they would be spared. Uh, because I noticed that as a cleric, uh, she wasn't taking notes, um, even though the whole premise was, hey, um, you know, you could possibly tell me, you know, what's right. And I can fix it and I can write it down. But at first, um, she wasn't writing anything down. And then after like the second correction, um, I think after the explanation of the the flirting explanation with the sharing of the food and feeding Mm -hmm. um, Scholar do with by by from hand to mouth, um, then. Cheech was like, you know, I should write this down. Should I actually survive <laughs> and make it back to the Silent Hills? Like, let me let me write this down. Be, you know, and, and the thing it was, Cheech was so in, doing such a great job with the subterfuge, um, and was really focusing on uh, not smiling mm-hmm. when telling the story and making sure all the mannerisms that uh, Cheech was doing were not going to alarm or alert or offend the tigers because she because because um, they were thinking. Uh, survival mode but mm-hmm. now you know just in that very smooth transition uh, to this is no longer about survival now uh, survival's instinct is still there but now let's actually make an, uh, an a concerted effort to record this um, and 
and actually, you know, be a cleric in, in this instance. Yeah. Well, and what really, I think the, the part that really showed me that like that very much a, a shift from survival to really getting into the story was when the tigers told, uh, corrected the part about um, the river when they were going on the, uh, when Scholar Jew wanted to get across the river and Hoti Tao uh, was on the boat and she read the book twice and the tigers are like, oh yeah. And then Hoti Tao ate it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so like the, they were telling that. And then uh, it said that like clear cleric, um, she was like, got really like may, like shouted or, or you know gasp yeah. yeah and that like it was they're normally this reserved and keep it all in but it was just this uh, like reaction <laughs> and that the tigers were like actually kind of happy that they got the reaction but it just shows that i mean if she had been purely in survival mode she would never have done that because it would have been a start like a startling sound yeah. And she would have been wanting to avoid that, but it was just such a, she was so into it that she just was like, <gasps> which, she, I mean, <laughs> she, she was in, was in utter shock. Yeah. Uh, it was like, <laughs> like, why would you do that? Like, <laughs> Eating a book. You ate the, why would anybody eat the book? And I'm like, I'm thinking like, you've been talking about tigers eating all ti- eating pine trees and all sorts of things yep. that <laughs> aren't normal to be eating. Like a book sounds like no, no big deal, you know. <laughs> when when the uh, tiger ate mythical tiger ate all these pine trees after eating uh, the mom and or before mm-hmm. eating a mom and and siblings and I'm like. <laughs> Book sounds like that sounds like small work to me. Well, I yeah. think it's more just the horror of uh, of a book being destroyed. Yeah, you know, a, a as, cleric. Yeah, a book is precious a, to a cleric. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. as a, like a story lover, it just being like, oh no, it's gone, and then the tiger is being like, yeah, that's how the scholar reacted too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, I do want to mention um, because part, since animals are part of. Uh, you know, reason why I picked, I wanted to read this book. Um, another animal that I've always liked and, you know, um, but has always been in the story thing, st- the world stories for me, uh, for all of us, I should say, has been the mammoth. Um, mm-hmm. And the mammoth is just such a really cool animal. And the fact that mammoths have so much um, respect and, and, and uh, they're just uh honored figures and honored animals and even feared or deep, at least deeply respected by the tigers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause the tigers at one moment were like, yeah, we're going to eat you three people, but the mammoths can go if it wants to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> meaning like, we, we're we not going to really mess with it. We, we really don't want to smoke with the mammoths. <laughs> you no. know, yep. There may be three of us, but we're not trying to really throw down with the mammoths. We'll take you out, but the mammoths can go if it wants to. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, yep, uh, yeah. That 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 that's it was, it was really cool. Um, and the early descriptions of just how uh, important mammoths were, uh, and and even the 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 bond that you can see between uh, CU and the Pilluk. mammoth whose name now escapes me. Pillock. Pillock. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and what uh, was kind of cool was just I don't know, Matt, if you've if you read the Empress of Sultan Fortune first, or if you just jumped right into the 
um, uh, when the tiger comes down. I, I jumped but, right into this. Okay, so mammoths are a big part of the Empress of Salt and Fortune, too. And I, I just thought it was cool just kind of having that continuation. Like, it's it, it's such a small thing, but it's kind of like, oh, oh, cool. Yep. Uh, there, there's so much world building uh, in yeah. the story, uh, especially for, like, how, how compact of a story it is. I feel like mm-hmm. uh, Vo has packed so much, like, little corners of the world where you're like, Oh man, I want to hear more about that. Yeah. Oh man, I want to hear more about that. Can you tell me more about that? Uh, and, and, and it didn't feel forced. No, yes. Not at all. Uh, and that was so wonderful. Like at the beginning, how she's like, Hey, aren't you sad that you can't like ever take a national exam to be, uh, uh like a, a diplomat or a bureaucrat or anything. And see, so he was like, why would I want to do that? I love being in the mammoth core. Yep. And you're like, Oh, so you can't, ever be in the government if you're in the military that's interesting Interesting. (laughs) yeah no it's and it's such a natural part of it and i think it helps because because of who she is like being a cleric and trying to collect these stories and it really i mean it is how things go is when you hear people and culture like different culture stories you really get a deep glimpse into how they're culture and their world and their society works through the Mm -hmm. stories even if it's not directly meant to educate you on all of that like it's still a very like you can't separate a society and culture from the stories that they tell and i think this is just a such a excellent example of that Mm -hmm. yep um i think that we get a uh, really good, um, again, really good comparison of that with uh, just what we get from the tigers themselves. Mm-hmm. They're saying, oh, well, obviously she would have said that kindly because she's flirting with her. Or, mm-hmm. no, this was absolutely like, what do they say? Like an, a, uh, a proposal for like anything that might happen next. So like if you wanted to have a, a romance or just like a one night stand or you know, to live, to be, to be husband and wife, even like clearly Hotel was coming on to her and all the humans are like, Oh, we had no idea. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because, you know, we are granted feeding someone and even in our culture, feeding someone um, from your hand is a very sensual and intimate thing. So mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of trust there. Because uh, we don't know where anybody's hands have been, um, yep. <laughs> so like that to me, that was kind of like I couldn't see why they didn't know that it was romantic, but to not have an inkling that it was something that was, um, you know, intimate or personal um, or inviting, I was like, okay, well, I, you know, I kind of chalked it up to just fear, mm-hmm. like the you know uh, of tigers, but. Um, I, I, I love how as the story progresses and as each um, each side tells the story and progresses, uh, we see more and more of like facades falling off mm-hmm. um, because like it's initially that, you know, it's like humans are living in this constant 
uh, dread of of tigers, and they kind of almost you know, even this like cower, you know, before them and super scared of them. Uh, but as the story goes, the veneers fall off, you know, daring to gasp, um, you know, <laughs> and then and even in the story where uh, the tigers were giving their recollection of the eating of the book and and scholar do doesn't just cry um and about it but she like stamps her foot down um, yeah. you know, yeah. she's yeah. like like she's she she throws a whole fit they're over not this happy about it book getting eaten um oh it's her favorite book it was her favorite book um and it, and it's this it's really it was, it's really like you can't you can't imagine these humans who live in this constant fear of these tigers um, stamping their foot down in anger mm-hmm. at, at any of them like that that's that's a big deal um, and also I don't know if I'm the only one who noticed but the the language um, the the syntax of the tigers is so poetic compared to mm-hmm. um, you know to the humans very plain storytelling. Where, mm-hmm. like, um, I chuckled to myself because I was like, reading the people side um, is like reading, uh, like reading a NIV Bible, and then reading mm-hmm. the Tiger side is like reading an Amplified Bible. Um, there's mm-hmm. all these <laughs> yep. extra, you know, descriptions and stuff to it. It was that's pretty cool. Yeah, in a way, it's like so. The human version was very much a, we're telling a story, whereas the tiger version was kind of more like, we're telling a folklore, like a, a, a story that is meant to be beautifully embellished because it's supposed to be handed down and preserved and respected. Like that, that's kind of the vibe I got. As in, like, it was a revered story, and therefore you're going to... Because, I mean, people, even people uh, people in our world do that, where it's, like, if you're telling, like, an everyday story, as in, like, oh, we went and did this, and, you know, over the weekend we went and watched a movie or whatever, it's very casual and stuff. But when you're telling, like, a family story or, like, a like culturally significant story, you get that kind of like people fall into that formal storytelling mode where they're going to make it more epic and more descriptive and more like vivid because it is supposed to be this, I don't know, like this sublime kind of experience um, both for the storyteller and the listeners and that was definitely the difference I felt with the story with the stories between the tigers and um, cheese version is like the tigers. It was more of a of that kind of significant heritage story, whereas cheese like this is one story of many that they mm-hmm. know. Yep, um, I definitely felt like the tiger's version gave so much more context it mm-hmm. looked at hoti tao as like a a person who just happens to be able to shift between tiger and human form versus the human version was like here's a scholar right who's just kind of like your boilerplate protagonist and then 
here's a weird tiger that she ended up running away with. Uh, it, it, it much more like oversimplified and kind of um, mm-hmm. made, made Hotel seem a lot more immature uh, than in the tiger version. And I don't really feel like the tiger version kind of made um, Scholar do any smaller, any less, they much more like they didn't have context maybe for some of the things that, that uh, Scholar do was doing. Like the fact that Scholar do is called Scholar do is just kind of like an afterthought. There was nothing about the house of ferocious or the, whatever the house of ferocious Jade or Scholar do studying to go and, be a scholar or anything like that. It's almost like, like it was an it was a name like That's scholar just, do in yep. like first and last name kind of yep. thing. It's just incidental. Uh, you see, uh, I, I I viewed it as more um, as as just honoring the title mm-hmm. because the to I mean to me the way the tiger version of the story um, amplified scholar do. Uh, more than the human version did, and I would think that would be the reverse. Um, well, I, I, I guess, I, yeah. I, I guess, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, as far as yes, they they honored the title, but they didn't really have much on the what that title means for like the why person. Scholar Dew was traveling in or, that hotel like, in the first place, and why they were called Scholar Dew. Like mm-hmm. they they, yeah. they didn't really have that kind of the back the ba- background. Yeah, the background. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's more they, what I meant. But they they really didn't ever make Scholar do seem like a less a, like person. a stupid human, mm-hmm. I guess. Whereas I feel like the human version definitely made Hotel be like, oh well, this is a dumb animal that just happens to be able to take human form uh, at times. Yeah, well, the the tigers were like, and I'm, I was surprised that the tiger version had you know all this boldness out of Scholar do because you would think that their version would make her be, you know, cowardly or afraid, but, mm-hmm. you know, she's stamping her foot and throwing rocks and yep. and yelling at the tiger. And after, at the end of the, uh, I think it was chapter seven, I think at the end of it, I'm like, so what this, what this story is telling me so far is that the power of arousal um, is stronger than anything because if she was ugly, the tiger would have killed her. <laughs> would have just eaten her. It's <laughs> like, but you know, you got hit in the face with a rock. You know, if 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 she wasn't so cute, if she <laughs> didn't look so good, I, I would have killed you. But you well, look good, so I'm gonna let you live and roll this boat. Like, <laughs> well, I think also it shows. Um, kind of it, it really uh distinguishes on what the tigers value because because Hoti Tao is like in love or at least interested in this human of course it would have this human would have to display virtues that tigers find admirable which would be bravery and um kind of like an independence of spirit so it to me it made sense that um scholar do was did have those traits like would stand up to hoti tao because then it it makes the scholar more worthy of affection from a tiger because it, she's displaying traits that sh- tigers would find admirable like if she was cowardly that's just like 
anybody can be cowardly. Why would you like a human like that kind of thing? That's Mm -hmm. just, that was my impression of it as far as like why they would emphasize it. No, that, that, that makes sense to me. I was, to me, like, because when you're telling a story and generally if when people who tell stories think that they're better than the other people, which is, you know, kind of clear that tigers believe that they're above the humans, uh, (laughs) you, you usually don't put, you know, you wouldn't use, you wouldn't put a human in such a light, even if it's a, a you know a love story like, um, or supposed to be a love story or you know something involving romance like. Example, um, the movie Mandingo, for example, um, despite the quote unquote romance, which isn't really romance between, uh, you know, <laughs> between the main characters, you know, Mandingo is never, uh, he's never looked at as as being equal he's all you know to to the white woman he's you know he's always looked at as something you know someone beneath her below her mm. so when you it's in and so when you're storytelling and I, I i think it's interesting that just that they were like tigers are like this human woman was not only beautiful but she was bold and she threw a rock at you know the, the the tiger of legend. You know this isn't just any tiger. Like this is this is this <laughs> well, is the tiger of legend. I think that also again also goes back to priorities because uh, unfortunately in human society our relationships often follow a pattern of having a dominant or overbearing one and a more submissive one like that is the stereotypical kind of um like one who is from privilege and one who is from like in in a lesser position um whether that be race sex whatever it's Mm -hmm. it like it's a power it's a power difference whereas um just the impression i got at least from the tigers and how they told their story like there's more an emphasis on being equal in the relationship. Like there's more of a respect between worthy parties rather than a, like they don't, because it's their top predator. So why would they care about anybody who's lesser than them? Mm. It's more about the respect of an equal or a respect of a greater than, um, so they wouldn't, they wouldn't want someone who's lesser because that, to them would just be more prey where like they don't they're they're secure in their own power so they don't need someone by their side who strokes their (laughs) ego essentially like (laughs) you know nice yeah so that's that's kind of the impression i got with and and that's kind of like the priorities that it it came through the story for me when i was reading it yeah and that's uh, that brings up uh, a good point uh, because in both the human version and I feel like in the tiger version as well, it's kind of unclear how much of a willing party uh, Scholar Do is mm-hmm. in this relationship and how much she's like, well, I need to get across the river. I need to get to the house of ferocious Jade. So I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to, be here with this tiger. I'm going to stay the night with this tiger and then I'm going to move on because I have other, other goals. Um, and this is just a means to an end right now. And I don't want to get eaten. 
and I don't want to get eaten. <laughs> or taken by zombies. Or or taken by zombies or fox uh, fox spirits. <laughs> yeah. A lot of danger is more than tigers in those woods. Yep. Well, ghouls and ghosts and... Mm-hmm. I do think at the... Uh, at the end of both stories, uh, Scholar Du is in love with Poti Tao. Um, but I guess it's just like the how that actually happened mm-hmm. um, is is the bit that, that I'm feeling like is kind of not included in the story. Just because there's, there's a lot that, I don't know, relationships happen. And I'm speaking from my personal experience here. I'm not trying to speak for everybody. My relationship has happened. The parts that I love are the parts that are really boring. The parts would never make it into a story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if a story were to be told about um, myself and my husband. So I can, I can understand why maybe that, that stuff didn't get into the folklore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does kind of leave a big gaping hole of how. So scholar dude did end up falling in love in, in love with Hoti Tao, but how and why yeah it's it's kind of like how did we get from here to there you're you're kind of left with that a little bit like it's conceivable but at the same time you're like is it is it right or are we just kind of forcing it yep making do with what we have (laughs) yep So that's that's a pretty much the book, honestly. Though is <laughs> just making like I mean, one of the big things is just listening to how others tell a story and not being so wrapped up in your own version that you can't kind of absorb how someone else sees it or how like them giving more context to story you already know which i thought was cool yep definitely i will say to anyone that reads this um especially in the early chapters uh chi is uses the they pronoun so mm-hmm. at first i was like who's who's they um why is there more than one person i was like who's more than one like what what uh, and and then and then I realized that they were referring to Cheech as Chi in the they in the they pronoun. So don't let that throw you, um, <laughs> like it like it did me initially. Um, so it is actually easier. It was easier for me to transition between because uh, I read the Empress of Salt and Fortune first because okay. I wasn't entirely sure, and it. It's it's brought up more blatantly in that one at first um, between the characters. So it it's established very early on that they are a they. And so it was easier for me to transition into that because I already had that from the fir- first book. Gotcha. Of a, mm-hmm. But yes, it. I mean, it's not as if it's a direct continuation of the story so if you do start with the second one just keep in mind that they are a they (laughs) they use they pronouns yeah in the in the first 
in Empress of Salt and Fortune, um, she is talking with uh, another woman that she's getting a story from. Uh, and the woman says, well, at first I thought you might be a woman, but now I see you are a cleric. Um, and that's, that's just kind of the, the only reference to their gender pronouns. So uh, it's, it's not super clear, but maybe it's implied that uh, when they take on the role of cleric, maybe they give up uh, gender identity as mm-hmm. part of that hmm. vocation. So maybe kind of uh, like uh, like either either gender becomes like a eunuch of, of sorts, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. just still may have you know some you know characteristics prior to that change. Potentially, it's interesting. Okay. Yep. I like. Well, appreciate, I appreciate the additional context. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of funny because you get in the in uh, when the tiger comes down, how they like meat, but they typically can't have it. <laughs> so that's another thing they have to give up. Because he's oh, yeah. like, "Oh, I ha- oh yeah, you can't have me," and and she's like, "No, I like it. <laughs> she's like, I like meat." She, she's like, "I know. Not only do I like meat, but there ain't nobody around who's going to complain about seeing." <laughs> There's no tattletales, so I will eat it. Yep. Ain't no snitches here to get no stitches. I'm going to eat this meat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah that I... Was, that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. There's not a whole lot more. I mean, because it, it is a short book. Um, it's it's beautifully written, though. Like It, it was such a nice read. Yeah, very, very nice. Um, if you do, Matt and other listeners as well, uh, if you do decide to read Empress of Salt and Fortune, that's about twice as long, but that's still pretty short. Um, it's not saying much to say it's twice as yeah, long. <laughs> yeah, it's still pretty short. Um, and there's a character in Empress of Salt and Fortune that is referenced at the very beginning um, of When the Tiger Came Down the Mountain. Um, Almost Brilliant uh, mm-hmm. is, a, is a talking bird. Um, that accompanies uh, Chi on their journey in the first book. Uh, and they like have eidetic memory, basically. Uh, and so almost brilliant will remember all of the stories that Chi takes down as, as kind of a backup copy <laughs> if, mm-hmm. if Chi's notes get lost. Uh, almost brilliant is a very sassy bird character. Um, they're a lot of fun. So they are. Highly recommend if you like sassy characters definitely check out the first book. During our community discussion of When the Tiger Came Down the Mountain, uh, Danessa McPherson was able to join us, and she had this to say about her takeaways from the book. It definitely helps with um, remembering that, like you said, not only listening to those around you, but remembering that people, each, everybody has their own perspective. And like we said at the beginning, um, what they find to be um, more important, what they prioritize more and stuff like that. So to keep that in mind when we're talking about, you know, our friends or trying to find out, you know, stuff about our neighbors or learn more about a culture, you know, taking it in as as much as we can because realistically even in our history classes and 
and learning from other people. It's not the people who are actually living in it. So you can only take so much out of that story. So that's what I got from it. It's like, like you said, um, to, to listen and, and, you know, um, listen, active listening versus, you know, listening so that, you know what I mean? You can pull what you need from it, but trying to grasp the story as a whole versus only what you need from it. Great. Uh, if you liked this book, um, When the Tiger Came Down the Mountain, there is another book in the series, uh, Empress of Salt and Fortune, that we've talked about a little bit. It was technically written first, but each of these books are standalone. So if you haven't read that one and you liked this one, I highly recommend reading that one as well. Um, Nevo has also written a few other books. Um, and then another book in the Singing Hills cycle is coming out next year, I mm -hmm. believe. Um, I would also recommend, um, this is not a, like a one-to-one -one comparison, um, but I would recommend the Poppy War, um, if you liked, um, the part of the stories where it basically, since there's so many animals in the story, if you like that, uh, the Poppy War, uh, deals a lot with people that are basically avatars of animal gods, um, it's a very violent story. It's about, uh, it's a fantasy retelling of the war between um, China and Japan mm. um, in medieval times. So it's not a, not as friendly maybe as this story is <laughs> just know that going. In. Um, I would also recommend uh, a Psalm for the wild built by Becky chambers. That one is a super chill story, super low stakes. Um, but it's just, it's very, I guess the thing that reminds me of that story that I see in when the tiger came down the mountain is how it's, it's a meeting of two different worlds, um, how the tiger and the humans are so different and their cultures and the things that they value um, are coming to kind of reconcile with each other in the story. Uh, there's a lot of that in a song for the wild built. Uh, it's about a human uh, meeting a robot uh, for the first time in hundreds of years. Um, the robots used to work for humans. And then once they gained sentience, they were let go uh, to be their own, own masters and be free and do whatever they liked. Uh, and then the story is about when the first robot comes back into human contact. Um, it's very chill. Nobody gets eaten in that story <laughs> or nobody is under threat of being eaten. Um, it's just really, really wholesome but if you like stories about meeting clashing culture clashes um that's a good a good low stakes one um lisa eldred uh who's one of our uh, book club members who couldn't be here tonight um also said that she had read uh this is a children's book a newberry award winner um when you trap a tiger by tay keller um that has also to deal with um tigers and um their love of stories and how important stories are to them. Uh, any other recommendations y'all would have? Mm, no, I think that pretty much covers most of the ones that I could think of. Um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely read Empress of Salt and Fortune. It's, it's a good, 
you get more of the characters and it, it, you'll kind of have that, those, Oh, moments of like seeing kind of some of the ties of when the tiger came down the mountain in Empress of Salt and Fortune. Thank you. Where can we find you all on the internets? I am on Twitter at K-R-R Tejador. That's T-E-J-E-D-O-R. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Rockin' Mr. Magic, R-O-C-K-I-N-M-R-M-A-G-I-C. You can search Rockin' Mr. Magic on Facebook as well. Um, And Magic underscore on Instagram. And I'm Madeline Turnipseed. You can find me at Mad underscore Seed on Twitter when I'm there occasionally. Uh, I'm also Lady Seed in the LTN Discord. I'm Tear on Discord. I forget about Discord all the time. (laughs) But yeah, I'm Tear. T-A-R-E. And I guess I'll mention mine. I am also Rocket Mr. Magic on Discord. Or Terriana. I guess I have the first full name on that one. The full name, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I go back and forth. But it's T-A-R-E-A-N-A. Terriana. Um. I'm not as consistent as Matt is with his uh, branding. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. You can stay tuned in the LTN community to see what we're reading next. Uh, if you have thoughts on the book we're discussing or suggestions on what we might read, uh, please drop me a line at madeline at lovethynerd.com or reach out to me on any of the socials that we just talked about. Be sure to check out all of the podcasts that the Love Thy Nerd podcast has to offer, Love Thy Nerd podcast network has to offer, uh, and also on the LTN radio. Uh, Pull list, humans of gaming, free play, church nerds, two words. Um, If you have a specific flavor of nerd that you identify with, there's going to be a podcast for you. Also, be sure to connect with us on all of your social media platforms. Just search Love Thy Nerd or find leaks on our website, lovethynerd.com. Thanks for joining us. This has been the LTN Book Club. Our show is hosted by Madeline Turnipseed and is a proud member of the LTN Podcast Network. For more information on the show, the hosts, the books they're reading, and to subscribe, please visit lovethynerd.com slash book club.